This is Vote for the Music, the Eurovision podcast. Welcome back to Vote for the Music, the Eurovision podcast. I'm Benjamin Windybank. And I'm Tadda Urshiswak. We'll be giving you the lowdown on everything about the Eurovision Song Contest 2024 in Malmö. That's the Eurovision Song Contest 2023 in Nice. And more. Coming up on today's episode, we bring you news of Greece, Sweden and Australia, as well as news from Malmö about the organisation of Eurovision 2024. And we've also got junior Eurovision news from Germany, Albania and the Netherlands, Poland, Ireland and Ukraine. So I think, with all that being said, we're good to go. This is to music first, always. We are unstoppable. Open the frontiers to make people meet people. Music is not fireworks. Music is feeling. You're good to go. So our first story this week is that the city of Malmo have announced a 2.5 million euro budget for Eurovision 2024. Now this is just for the host city cost, this is just for, you know, branding on signposts and on lampposts and on buses and on taxis and all that good stuff, um, as well as just, you know, getting the whole city ready for Eurovision. No, that's a very similar budget. In fact, the as slightly higher than the one the city of Liverpool has omitted for Eurovision 2023. We can say with that Malmo isn't taking this contest less seriously than their predecessor. However, it should be noted that Sweden is known for making incredible savings during their contest production. So while Malmo itself decided to invest a lot into this contest, I expect that we can be surprised to if how little Umani comes when SVT reveals their financial backing. So we do have a couple of numbers to help us understand this figure um, from Swedish precedent. So while we don't have the amount of money that Malmo put in in 2013, I can't find that figure sadly, we do know that they made 15.5 million euro from the Eurovision Song Contest 2013 in total in revenue as a city. So if it was anything like the money they put in, that is an enormous amount they're making back out of it. And that's 10 years ago without any adjustment for inflation. We know that Stockholm in 2016 spent 5 million, but Stockholm is a much bigger city. It's a capital city, so cities like... Um, Liverpool, like Malmo, you know, they do not have to pay that amount to cover the massive area Stockholm has to cover with all the branding, everything that's needed there. And then from Liverpool, we do know, while we don't know the whole figure of how much they've made from Eurovision in total yet, we do know that Liverpool won the shopping centre, just the Liverpool won shopping centre made £20 million in revenue from the Eurovision Song Contest being in Liverpool. And that's just the shopping centre, so the city as a whole, probably even more than that. And considering that was only 2.3 million euro, or 2 million pounds, that's a lot they've made from that. And Malmoa will be looking to replicate the same figure. As Eurovision gets bigger, it's also getting more profitable. We'll see if the investments comes back to Umalmu. Everything suggests that is going to. 
Now, for our next story, we're moving to Greece, when a familiar name is making the headlines. Evan Eliach has recorded and submitted a song that is going to take part in Greek selection for the upcoming Eurovision. Yes, so Evangelia is a Greek singer and she has tried to represent both Greece and Cyprus over the last couple of years in 2022 and 2023 unsuccessfully, but she's a bit of a fan favourite. We have to remember last year she submitted a song called Pali to the Greek broadcaster, which didn't make it. They chose Victor Vernikos, what they say instead, and that song has gone on to become a bit of a hit. So the fact she is entering and she is putting a song back to the Greek broadcaster again is quite exciting and it could potentially mean very good things for Greece. A lot of fans would like to see Evangelia in the contest. Are we going to see that? We're going to f- find out. With Greece, uh, you honestly never know, especially after the whole mess with press elections that happened last year. Next, we move to our host country next year, to Sweden and their national final, Melody Festival, and one of the big fan favourites has announced their host cities and dates for next year's edition. Now, if you're not aware, Melody Festivalen has six shows and it tours around Sweden and it takes place each week in a different arena around Sweden, so everyone gets to see it. So the dates that have been announced are Heat 1 on the 2nd of February in Malmö Arena, in the very arena that Eurovision 2024 is going to take place just three months later, which is quite interesting. So, if you want to get a preview of what the Eurovision Arena is like, what Malmö is like, perhaps what your hotel for Eurovision 2024, if you're going, you can go to this, to a Eurovision event on the 2nd of February, and get a practice run at it. Hito Happen is a week later, on February 10th, in Göteborg, in, in Scandinavia. And then for Heat 3, on the 17th of February, we're going to Vaxhow, in the Vida Arena, for the third week of Melody Festival in 2024. A lesser known city of Estilstuna has been chosen as a host of Heat 4 on February 24th. Tiga Sports Arena is going to guest Swedish artists and their fans. Replacing Andra Chanson, we have this year's brand new edition of Heat 5 on the 2nd of March, which is going to the Lofsberg Arena in Karlstad. And finally, for the final of May of the festival, and we come to the capital, Stockholm. As on March 9th, on France Arena, we're going to find out who's going to represent Sweden on their soil. Now, it has to be noted that there isn't a single northern city amongst these. And normally with Melody Festival, and they do try and go to somewhere in the north, and that's not happened this year. I think the official reason SVT have given us is that all the arenas in the north are booked up on those days, which seems a bit odd, considering that a lot of them would be looking very much to host a Melody Festival in heat. Um, But yeah, we're not going to the north of Sweden this year, so if you are from the north and you want to go, probably the best place to go is to the final in Stockholm, as that's got the best connections to the north. Another thing that usually happens in February is the Eurovision allocation draw. Could it perhaps be connected to the heat one since it also should have happened in Malmo? 
Yes, it's quite interesting that Sweden's 2024 Eurovision journey is going to start in Malmo with the first heat of Melody Festivalian on the 3rd of February. And as you say, that's because the end of January, start of February is usually when the handover and allocation draw happens in the host city. So we could very well have a situation where they're on the exact same week. Um, so you might have early in the week, we have the start of Eurovision 2024 in Malmo, followed by Malfest, um, or they might do something interesting to combine the events, which would certainly raise a few eyebrows. Um, one of the big things that has happened here recently is the branding reveal, the slogan reveal, that kind of thing. Maybe they might use Malfest to cover some of that. Certainly, they'll probably mention it and do some sort of video or some sort of VT or something about Eurovision in Mama Arena during that show, potentially even presenter reveal or something like that. So that is all very exciting. That's a lot of news about Sweden. Now we move on to the other side of the world, where Australia is waging their Eurovision fate and continuing their talks with EBU about the terms of future participation. Yes, the 15th of September deadline for broadcasters to express their interest in going to Eurovision has passed, but we're still getting whispers that something might be slightly different for Australia. If you're not up in this story, essentially in 2019, SBS from Australia signed a five-year contract with the European Broadcasting Union to ensure they'd be in the contest for the next five years. That has now expired, so a new contract would have to be negotiated or is being negotiated at the moment or has been negotiated. Obviously, a lot of worries are about Australian withdrawal. That does not look likely, otherwise you would have heard something by now, you would think. So it looks like they have uh, or will negotiate a new contract for Australia, presumably for the next five years. However, we're getting talk, murmurs, rumours that Australia are in fact looking for a permanent invite to the contest, not just a five-year deal. So we'll have to see what happens there. Australia has participated in the Eurovision Song Contest eight times now, as well as tried to participate in 2020, which obviously hasn't happened due to pandemic. During this time, I'm it only he failed to qualify once and came second in 2016, as well as became beloved by fan community, so it has a lot of leverage in these negotiations. So moving on to some junior Eurovision Song Contest news, which has taken place on the 26th of November in Nice, we have some songs from the junior Eurovision Song Contest released this week for the first time. We've got songs of Germany, Albania and the Netherlands. Albania and the Netherlands are in full. Germany's is only a short demo. Now, on Vote for the Music here, we will be covering those in more detail later on in the week in some very special quick fire review podcasts, which you need to keep you looking on your subscription feed on your podcast feed for. Now, because Germany is only a minute long demo, we won't be covering that in a quick fire review this week, so you don't need to check out for that one, but please look out for Albania and the Netherlands in a separate quick fire review pod later in the week. Germany have decided their participant, Fia and her song on a Volta, I'll go owing to come to Unis in November and represent Germany.
So yes, this song, which translates to without words, is really very promising. Now, as I say, it's only a minute-long demo. We do not have a full song. They will turn it into a complete song in the coming weeks, and it will probably sound very, very different. But I think what we have is very promising here, and it is one to watch, definitely. I have to uh, say my first impression is very positive. The song uh, doesn't sound spectacular, but adds very friendly to the ear. And I like the theme of communication with those that usually have trouble with it. Yes, the song incorporates sign language within it, um, and it seems lyrically to be about living as a deaf person. Um, I'm not sure if fear is deaf or not. I do not have that information, but I would assume so from this song. I think it's really very great, and it has a lot of potential on the Junior Eurovision stage. Now, our next country is Albania, and it's the first one that offers us a full entry to listen. The recent Albanian Junior first has its winner now, and it's Viola Gizeli, and her song is titled Botaina. The song overall is a great question mark. It uh, it can really go either way. For now, I am very interested and and I start to quiet enjoy it. However, it may turn out that I am eventually going to hate this song. Hopefully, that's not the case. Albania, I'm uh, I have faith in you. Sh- show me what you g- you've got with your world. I just thought from first listen, this is really great stuff. And Viola is a great singer. That's one of the many reasons why she won. And I'm very excited to see how this works in Nice. I think if this is done to its absolute best potential, staged brilliantly, revamped brilliantly, I think this could be a contender. But we'll have to see. Um, The revamp could be horrible. It could be staged badly. I doubt she'll mess up vocally, but she could do. So, yeah, there's a lot of factors in place here. Um, based upon my initial reactions, I think this could be heading for something like a 6.5, 7 out of 10, maybe a bit higher. But we'll have to see what that all-important revamp is like again. And for our full thoughts about Albanian song, please check out our, our vote for the music quickfire review later this week. So our next song that has been released this week for the Junior Ocean Song Contest 2023 is... Holding On To You by Seb and Jasmine from the Netherlands. Well, the song is a step up from what we've uh, seen in Nedela- from Netherlands in recent years, at least in my opinion. This is still not what I uh, I would like to see from Netherlands at the Union Eurovision. So, so my rating, while 
I'll more positive uh, the some ratings I gave in the past is still going to be very restricted. 5.25 out of 10 for holding on to you. Yeah, I agree with that kind of thing. I'd probably give 5.5, maybe a 6 at a push. I think it's fine. It's better than average. It's certainly listable. Um, it's not annoying. It's just that I think... It's nothing particularly special in the way others do. Um, that's just my view on it. Um, and I think out of the three entries that we've got, I think it's the weakest. I, I would probably go with a 5.5 out of 10 for the Netherlands. And for our full thoughts, please check out our, our vote for the music quickfire view later this week. After talking about the songs that already were selected, time to talk about s- songs that are about to be selected. Last week, Ikshansana Success had the episode. The winner this time was the last performer in the lineup, Maja Krzyzewska, who performed at ad- the set fire to the Elaine. Maja joins Leon Oleg, Graziana Gurka, Filipovak and Daria Maliska in the, in the grand final of Szansana Success, which is going to take place today at 10 past 3. To remind you all, all finalists are going to first present the covers of already existing songs, and uh, and then the a jury as well as the televote is go- are going to vote. The members of the jury have been revealed. They include the Eurovision director Konrad Smuga, the composer and the musical head of Sansana Success Grzegorz Urban, as well as Daria Baric, the TVP employee. They are going to choose the two super finalists who are then going to present the original songs for Junior Eurovision Song Contest 2024. Or the ultimate representative will be chosen exclusively by the, by the televoting. Later on today at 10 past 3, look out for the final opponent selection where they will be choosing their song for the Junior Eurovision Song Contest 2023. And we should be seeing our fourth song for the contest, our third in full from Poland, which we will cover here on both the Music the Ocean podcast next week for you all. Now, another selection coming to the close is the Irish one, and as we have have received this week the results of Junior Eurovision era heat three. Yes, so we've had the third week of Junior Eurovision Air from TG4, and Ellen McLaughlin has qualified with 26 stars, and will be going through to the final. The last country making Junior Eurovision headlines is Ukraine, as the five songs competing in the Ukrainian Junior Eurovision selection are now out and for all you to see. The selection is going to take place on 1st October. Yes, so whatever song gets picked in the selection on the 1st of October, which will be hosted by Tamara Shenko and Anna Tulivia, I think it's probably going to work very well on stage in Nice because Ukraine 
do revamps like Albania, and the, but they do very, very good revamps, very strong revamps, and I think we're in for a real treat, no matter what they pick, even if we're not particularly warm on it to begin with. I really trust the Spillane to do something very interesting here. So, moving on to what's becoming a regular portion at the end of these episodes, we have some tributes and best wishes, some sad news to deliver about former Eurovision contestants. The sad news have reached us that Franco Migliatti has died at the age of 92. For those unaware, Franco Migliatti is a songwriter responsible for the lyrics of Nelblud e Pinto di Blu, better known as Volare. The 1958 Italian entry Franco Migliatti had a distinguished career as a lyricist and as an actor in many films. We wish the best to everyone in his family, everyone who's fans of him, everyone who's mourning him right now. He created a masterpiece, the first Eurovision Song to on to be a really big hit. It's a real loss um, and our best wishes are with everyone. So I think it's only right we leave you with a bit of Valare here. Volare. So the next death we sadly have to report on is Peter Horton and he was the Austrian entry in 1967 and he has died at the age of 82. Peter Horton came 14th in 1967 uh, performing Valum as Hunde Eltausenst and Edith. Every Eurovision entry and every Eurovision input is important and we're grateful for all it. Our condolences and best regards to his family, loved ones and fans. And then finally, you might be aware, it has been quite prominent in the Eurovision discourse and chatter that... um, Danny from Voyager, who Australia's entry this year in Liverpool, um, has been very sadly diagnosed with cancer. And we wish absolutely the best luck for him with his treatment, which is going ahead very, very soon. And I know Eurovision fans around the world are hoping and praying for his full recovery. For Voyager fans, it's a shame that their tour, which was supposed to happen this year, has been delayed until next year. But... I think everyone can understand why and we hope beyond hope that that tour will go ahead now unaffected from next year. So Danny, Voyager, everyone, we want to be able to say the words. So with all that being said, um, please remember to follow us on Spotify, follow us on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Music, wherever you're getting your podcasts. Please remember to subscribe to us on YouTube. Contact at voteforthemusic.co.uk is the email if you want to talk to us, send a message in, we'll read it out, we'll respond to you. 
boatforthemusic.co.uk is just the website if you want to do things there. Remember to respond to our polls and Q&As. If you're on Spotify, we're everywhere. Please listen. Please keep following. Our quickfire reviews are out later this week. Check your podcast feeds for Albania and the Netherlands. Find our thoughts in full. So, thank you, and remember to vote for the music. This is Vote for the Music, the Eurovision podcast.